Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. It's great to have you here. In this show, we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics. I think it's almost everyone's favorite topic, and that is how to get more views on your videos. And I'm going to talk about some real practical ways that we even have a little more control over in the process of earning more views. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to the equation when it comes to YouTube actually starting to promote our videos. However, there are things we can do to help kick off the process and to get more views over time. Some of these things have worked really well for me and some of my best videos are because I've used these techniques. Hey, I'm recording from White House Studios and you may hear some cars in the background, loud cars. And the reason for that is White House Studios has a front row seat to the Woodward Dream Cruise in Detroit, which is a blessing and a curse. If you love cars, my studio is the place to be. We literally have a front porch on the Woodward Avenue Dream Cruise, and it's wonderful. And it's nice to bring clients and guests to, but when you're trying to do a podcast, well, there are a few disadvantages. I'm adding a couple new elements to the podcast. It's been so much fun to watch this podcast grow. And if you know of a YouTuber who would like a little more support, recommend the Tube Labs podcast because I have some new features coming along, one of which is just giving you a little bit of what's going on in the news related to YouTube. Not all the crazy scandalish stuff, but important stuff that is valuable to a YouTuber who is actually trying to grow their YouTube channel. However, there's one more element that I want to bring in that may take time to develop, but I want to offer it out now and see if we can get some more voices on this podcast. Now, yes, I'm having guests and I have some great guests lined up. Right now, I've been sharing a guest podcast every couple weeks. And those podcasts are just straight up interviewing the guests from beginning to end. However, I still want to hear your voice. I want your questions, and maybe we can work together to support your YouTube channel. And I have a call-in line, and I've had a call-in line for my podcast for quite a while, and I haven't implemented or, or shared it in a while. So this is the number, 646-397-6741, and just leave a message. And that message will be downloaded and I'll put it in the podcast and then I'll answer the question the best that I can or bring in an expert, an expert with specialty knowledge around your question or a series of questions that you're asking. So don't be shy. 646-397-6741. If you have a question and you just want to tweet me at Rosh Sillers on Twitter, is a good way to go because I want to answer your questions. And I do know that many of the questions are questions such as today's topic. 
How do you get more views? What are the different ways in which we can get views? So we'll talk about that in a moment, but let's talk about some of the things that you should know as it relates to YouTube. Here's one of the big topics as of late, and that is the adjustment in the copyright claim. As you know, you can get hit with a copyright claim if there's just a little bit of music in the background of your video and you could lose revenue. And a lot of creators think that that is absolutely unfair. Well, look, people have the right to protect their creations just like you do. But here's the thing. Sometimes it seems a little frivolous. And so what YouTube is doing with the new system, and is this going to satisfy everyone? No, but it's a start. And that is taking away the monetization element of copyright claims, especially for short clips. So if there is a song playing in the background, it's not the whole song, it's just part of the song, it doesn't stop the artist from making a claim, but the incentive to be able to take your revenue because that video has their creation, their music on it, that incentive has been lowered, which may reduce the number of copyright claims. It may increase, they also say it could increase the number of blocked videos entirely. We'll see. But, well, you know, just like all these changes, I mean, there's so many changes happening right now in YouTube as, as YouTube tries to get this whole thing right, hopefully, the dust will settle soon and we can understand all of the rules and what YouTube accepts and does not accept. Because remember, YouTube is trying to balance between the creator and the advertiser. The next thing that is of interest is that YouTube is working on and developing testing the ability to create member-only videos. And as we've heard recently, we're going to have choices in the number of options for our members. So people who send money to you every month, if you qualify, you'll have a choice to give them different price levels and different amount of perks for their sponsorship membership to your channel. And I think this is obvious that having member-only videos is an option and we'll see we'll see how that goes but some people also complain that now that puts the good stuff behind a paywall and we you know so there's always pluses and minuses to all of this stuff but I think as a creator you still need to be able to put out really good content to pull in the people who are willing to pay for the memberships so we'll see it's a balance you have to plan this out and be strategic but I think YouTube giving us more opportunities for us to decide how we want to do these things and promote our channel and support our community, well, I, I think it's a good thing. The more options, the better. This is interesting. Something that I saw on TubeFilter and USA Today, it's a survey monkey survey, I guess, um, that indicates that half of teens turn to YouTube for their news, for their current events. They look to YouTube, such as Philip DeFranco, who has an excellent show, and many others who are now sharing commentary, 
clips that they then comment on, say clips from the news, political, maybe special events, all sorts, and then they react to them or comment and give commentary or just report the news. There are a lot of channels out there sharing what seems to be news and, again, commentary, which helps shape opinions. And quite often, it's the most entertaining people, which is natural, on YouTube. It's, I'm sure, true in any medium, any media that the most entertaining gets the ears and eyeballs. However, the question needs to be asked, how credible are they? Having a journalism background, obviously, my red flags go up, but what about me? You know, I'm sharing information about YouTube. I'm sharing information that's kind of news related right now. What are my qualifications? Well, I do have qualifications, but do you know that? And do you know that the people who are sharing news and information with you have qualifications? And so that's interesting. This continues after 10 plus years of this social media development where it's really become mainstream, it's still a struggle. However, I much prefer the ability for anyone to be able to share their voice and gain a following and community versus it just being a few channels in the world where everybody gets their information. Variety and opportunity has its plus and minuses. Boy, that's a theme, I think. It's true. With every, every good thing, there seems to be a counter to it. And you just have to balance it out and see, well, we'll see what works. We'll see what happens. Just for all of us, be careful. Be careful of who you're listening to. People get stuff wrong. I get stuff wrong. You get stuff wrong once in a while when you're sharing a story or information. So my best recommendation is to always look at a few sources for your information, especially if you're not quite sure about it, it's not sitting right, check it out. Lastly, the new uploader is starting to roll out in beta, and I have it on my channels, and I, I've tried it out. I've uploaded a few videos, and it, it takes you through a process that allows you to do a few things that maybe you would have to hunt around for after you uploaded the video. You can actually take care of these things during the process, like saying that there is sponsored material in that video, among other things. It's an uploader. There's not a whole lot to talk about other than there is a, a process involved now that maybe will make a little quicker and more convenient for you in the uploading process. Well, hey, we're going to get into our main topic, and I think I'll have about five minutes every other week when I do my solo portion. I'll have five minutes of some news and information that I think YouTubers may find valuable, and I'll try to keep it no more than five minutes of the show. Today, obviously, we're running a little long with some of those announcements and so forth, but I think, I think it is valuable, and I would rather put more time into actually answering your questions when you use that call-in number. So I hopefully, hopefully that goes well. And again, you can tweet me at Rosh Sillers. So let's talk about views. I most certainly want to talk about view sources, but let's get right into the one thing that has been a really popular topic, and that is your thumbnail and even your headline. To get views, to get more views, you have to entice people to actually click on your video. 
and you can increase the amount of views by increasing your click-through rate. And that is why it's so important to start with that. I, these days, I am creating a thumbnail and even a headline quite often. That doesn't mean I don't adjust it, but quite often before I even record my videos. And that's because I need to make everything work together. I need people to click, but after they click, they need to stay. And that's a different topic. Right now, we're trying to get views. But today, I think one of the number one things that you can do to help kick in the algorithms in search and suggested, we'll talk about that in a moment, a little bit more, but one of the first things you can do to increase the likelihood that YouTube is going to support your video is to get people to watch your video. Another way to get people to your video, which I don't think a lot of people talk about, are some of the off-site ways in which you can earn views. And one way that I think is really powerful, especially if you have a solid email list related to the topic or people who are interested in you, if you have a good email list, you need to use that email list to drive people to your video in the early hours, if not days, I would say in the first hour or two that it has been released, even as soon as you release it, I would send out that email to drive views, to increase the view velocity. This also increases the number of people who go to the platform. And maybe after they watch your main video that you've just promoted, they'll watch another video, or maybe they'll watch other videos from other creators. And that's okay, because the start session time started with you. And that's really important. So if you can get people from other places to YouTube, that can be really powerful in the growth of your channel. Now, a lot of times we think about social media. I'll talk about that in a moment, because there's pluses and minuses. It doesn't always work the way we think it should. However, using email can be powerful, and I certainly have talked about this in other podcasts, such as putting a link in your description to offer maybe a download related to the people that watch your video, something that they may be interested in. Maybe it's a special video that you email them. It's on, it's on unlisted, and the only way they can see the video is if, if they subscribe or, or put their email in, and then you send them that video automatically. And then for your following videos, you can notify those people who are obviously interested in the topic because they wouldn't have downloaded that information if they didn't think it was valuable. And then you can email them, hey, my newest video is up and have a link or put your thumbnail in the email and they can click on that and go to the video. And that can really drive the views. It has worked really well for me on all of my channels. Downloads are what I generally use. I offer something of value related to those channels. And people actually do put their name and email in there. And honestly, it needs to be a good email because they're not going to get the prize at the end if it's a fake email. So it has to be a real email. And I take advantage of that. Now, some people email for every single video. 
I wait till I have special videos that I think are really important. I don't want to overburden my email list, but you need to keep that email list fresh. So it's important to regularly send something to the people who download from you because otherwise that email list could get stale. I mean, if you have a bunch of people download stuff one day and it's a year later, half a year later before you start to email them, they may not even remember downloading it and they're going to look at your email as spam. And believe me, people who have downloaded your your information, who have given you their email within recent times, believe me, some of them will still mark it as spam because they didn't realize or even forgot about it a few months later. Who knows? There are many scenarios. However, getting people on that list is important and using that list is really important. Let's talk about how we can drive views with social media. Now, one thing we do know is that people generally don't like to go from one platform to another. It drives me crazy when I connect with somebody on one platform, such as Twitter, and then I get this email or DM saying, hey, thank you for following me, and if you really want to connect with me or want to see whatever, you know, follow me on Instagram or Facebook. It's like, no, I'm following you on Twitter. That's where I want to connect with you. And people generally don't like to go cross-platform. And more and more, when you actually put links into Facebook especially, but other platforms like LinkedIn and so forth, they're devalued. And so I got to tell you, I do it regularly because I'm just being lazy sometimes. And I will put my YouTube link in my Facebook page. And it's, it's really the wrong thing to do. The right thing to do is maybe create a snippet from that video and then have a link in the comments or somewhere to let people know, or even shout out once in a while that, hey, if you wanna see more, check out my YouTube channel. Sometimes that works a little bit better because you're getting more organic views from that platform. So for example, if I put a link from YouTube and Facebook, I would probably only get 10% of the views than I would if I would have uploaded organically to Facebook a clip or just a live video, whatever it is, I would get more views in Facebook by sharing information organically. Now, because you're getting many times more views organically, the conversion rate very well may be better and you can point people and have a larger audience to point people to your YouTube channel. And of course, a percentage of them would be interested. So let's say 5%, let's make it easier. Let's say 10% of the people who watch your video or your information or your content on Facebook actually go to YouTube. It's a smaller percentage, but say, let's call it 10%. And it could be a lot less than that. But if Facebook is only going to show maybe a tenth of the number of people your video when you put a link there. And let's say 50 people see that video. That may mean five people go over to YouTube. But if you put a organic piece of content, a go live on Facebook or upload a clip onto Facebook and 500 people see that video, Now, 10% of that is 50. 
So it's 10 times the number of people that would actually go over and it would be much more effective. Now the downside of course is you have to do a little bit more and as we know it's a lot of work but that's how the winners win in this game is by doing the extra work that it takes and if you want to use social media you need to use that social media and let the followers over there know that there is an opportunity to see more more information over on YouTube be educated be entertained whatever it may be social media can work well for you to help drive views if you have already established accounts. If you don't have established accounts, you haven't done any channel building such as building an Instagram account or a Facebook community, if you don't have that already, I would say focus on the YouTube channel if that is your channel of choice. If you enjoy channel building and you've decided that YouTube is the channel that you wish to build, well then that's what you need to focus on because opening up a new Twitter account is fine, but not in the name of trying to get your video out there. Use that Twitter account for what it's best used for and that's connecting maybe with other educators, people who are in your niche and build real relationships with them. And maybe down the road, you can maybe use those connections to help drive more traffic, people sharing. But in the beginning, it's, it's not going to do a lot for you. And to do it right, to then make clips and upload to Twitter and Facebook and all over the place, it takes a lot of time. I would rather that you spend more time creating the, a great video and doing everything right on YouTube before you get into the other channels. Now, once your channel starts to gain some traction, sometimes it's a lot easier to build those other channels because people in some way are already looking for you because you're becoming well-known. And that's why if you build a good account elsewhere and have some sort of traction, you can point some of those deep fans over to your other channels if it makes sense for them. Early in your YouTube career, search is most certainly an important part of the development of your channel, especially if you're an educational channel, you're showing people how to do things, you have specific topics that you can share and help build a community around. And sometimes entertainment channels can work in search, but not as easily. It just depends on what type of entertainment you're doing. If there, again, is a very specific topic that is searchable and people are searching for, well, then maybe it will work. But search is really important early on just to get some traction, to get some views. And so that's why your title is so important. And the title is the most valuable text piece of real estate on your YouTube channel. And you need to get that right, especially when you're trying to hit search. So you want to have those keywords front loaded in that title tag. And then you want to share that same information again at the top of your description and then have maybe in that first paragraph of the description more related information using some of those keywords. And then beyond that, you can share any other kind of information you want. 
Should you have some tags in there? Sure, that's fine. Uh, you know, there's certainly debate at how much YouTube uses those tags, especially beyond the first maybe hour or two, uh, because after that, the AI really is starting to take over once the AI understands what your video is about. And that, again, is where using some of the keywords in your video is important. Look, for this podcast, Google is actually sharing podcasts now in search results, and they're not using the titles. They're actually listening to the podcast, and they do the same thing for YouTube videos. Now, that doesn't mean you keep using the same keywords over and over again in the video, but you should, near the beginning, use the keywords that would be relevant to that headline. I think that is valuable. I need to clarify that that is experience talking as well as what I've heard from other educators who have been experimenting with this. So that's what seems to be happening. It's part of the conversation in the YouTube community. However, when we get to tags, don't put a lot of effort in there. You know, maybe put your name, put misspelling variations in the tags, and maybe some long tail keywords in the tags. Hey, the top YouTubers are still using tags. You should too, but don't stress over it. It is not the difference between a winning video and a failing video. Tags most likely today have more influence and weight on the type of ads that are displayed related to your video, on your video, around your videos. Those tags are important related to marketing and I, I use Google ads and when I am looking for specific placement, a lot of times there are keywords involved and I'm, I'm pretty sure they match all of that up and that is part of the process of understanding what, what video ads are placed on YouTube videos. And of course, using tools to support your keyword development and research is really helpful. Using a tool such as vidIQ, or TubeBuddy from our friend Phil Starkovich, or Nico Kaminsky who was just on the show in his Morning Fame tool. These are tools that can help you drive more views because you're doing good keyword research that can support you with YouTube search. Another way to drive views for your videos is to put your view in the featured position on the front page of your YouTube page because a lot of people do watch that video. It's the highlighted video on your page and if you want to share your latest video there, you're going to get additional views and I've seen it over and over again. I put a new video up there and it continues to get views every single day as people discover your page. Quite often, people will find you through search and then want to learn a little more about you and they'll take a look at the featured video. It's also important to note that this video is part of the consideration process if somebody is going to subscribe to your channel. So you may want to just have a channel trailer there. However, if you want to continue to get more views on your latest videos, this is one technique that has worked for many YouTubers. Another way to drive traffic 
to your new videos or to your videos are through playlists, especially if you have a playlist where a video is getting regular views on a daily basis, for example, or a monthly basis, depending on the size of your channel. Now, I created something that I refer to as the visual suggestion ladder. What I do is create playlists, and I have a video on this on my YouTube channel at Rosh.video or put Rosh VSL visual suggestion ladder in YouTube, and you should be able to find it. And what I do is I create playlists, but with only two videos, and it's kind of like a pitcher video and a catcher video. And the catcher video is the new video, and I have multiple playlists, like playlist A, B, C, D, and the first video is a popular video that's getting a lot of views. And it's kind of like that handoff method, getting them to the next video. And so I'll have that first video, and then the next video is often the up next video, especially in the beginning when you put that new video in the playlist. So if you have a video that gets a few thousand views every month or several hundred a week or a day, you take those videos and you make them official playlist videos for that video. So it has to be the official playlist, and then that second video is the catcher video. It's the one that's going to be suggested next, and it really does work. And I use what I refer to as the ladder. So after I have a new video published, I'll take the video in playlist A and move it down to playlist B, the, the catcher video and I'll keep moving them down. So I'm taking advantage of the traffic that I'm receiving from my more popular videos and sending them to other videos. Now, obviously there are a few things to think about. If you have a lot of different videos, and let's say you created a video, which has happened to me a number of times, that it gets tons of views but has little to do or is not the focus of that channel. And if you try to put videos that are unrelated, it will work, believe it or not. And I have actually seen the click-through rates increase even with videos that are not totally related. Maybe within the same industry-ish or topic genre in general, but not, not directly related. It works much better if the videos truly do work together because I've also noticed if they don't work well together, YouTube will stop suggesting that video is often in that playlist. It has learned its lesson. Someone put a video in there in a playlist, made an official playlist. We, we tested it out and it really didn't work out so well. There are better videos to put there after that popular video. But by having multiple videos that do receive regular traffic, you can just keep driving traffic to your new videos even after that first 24, 72 hours, and that keeps them going. And it gives one more person the opportunity to see that video and to see multiple videos. Because as we know, it's important to YouTube for people to see multiple videos. It's a signal that says, hey, someone likes this channel, this content, and we'll show them more. That's the basics of the Visual Suggestion Ladder, VSL for short. And I do have a 3,000 word post over at thetubeblog.com and you can read up more on that. However, overall, playlists in general and having playlist strategies 
is certainly a positive to growing your channel, getting people to watch more videos, and it's more than just organizing your content. It really does help you get more views. Whether you use VSL or your own playlist strategy, there are a lot of opportunities. Now, the reason I only use two videos in VSL is because, especially smaller channels, you're hopefully gonna get 50% of the people through or a third of the people the way through your first video and then a percentage of those onto the next video. Beyond that, the math is so small that it's better to just drive people from the pitcher video to the catcher video, and that's why I only use two, rather than using playlists with a ton of videos. I do create playlists like that, but that's for different reasons. One of my favorite and most effective ways of getting views on my videos is using a blog. And I'm good at SEO. I run an agency for SEO, and I'm able to drive traffic on a lot of topics. And I have some very big topics in the photography community that drive a ton of traffic. And I use my videos in those blog posts, and they drive a ton of views for my videos. And honestly, that's how a lot of people get started in YouTube when they already have a fan base of sorts related to the topic, a good email list, which I mentioned as the first suggestion, but a blog or, you know, social media in general, but a blog is a really good place because just like your videos in YouTube, your blog can be evergreen and people can find your videos a year later, depending on the topic. If you know how to drive people to a website or to a blog with good topics, you most certainly can get more views that way. In some cases, you can actually transcribe your videos and maybe rewrite them a little bit and break them up with sub headlines and good headlines and you can turn them into a solid blog post which can support your channel as a whole. But you do need to be committed to that. Everything that we've talked about is time consuming. Blogs most certainly, or websites in general, can certainly take time to establish, six months to a year or longer. So you do need to make a commitment. So if, you, if you're unsure if you really can drive traffic to your blog, I, I'm going to have the same answer as I did with social media. Focus on the YouTube channel first. And as that starts to gain traction, start looking and testing other opportunities. There's one thing that I do in all of my podcasts, my videos, and my blogs. And I have a theme that runs through that. And I'm often asked, why do you do all this content on these different topics? You know, supporting YouTubers, supporting photographers, supporting business people. And that's because there's one thing that I do. I teach the combination code, which is an opportunity to separate yourself from the competition. It's a methodology. It's a practice. And there are a lot of elements to that. And that's what I talk about on my other channels. And these are ideas that work and can help YouTubers separate themselves from the competition. So you most likely will hear me talk about the combination code and the various parts of the combination code and our philosophies, because that's one thing that separates me from other people who are teaching you and sharing information about YouTube. And that is this underlying practice that I've developed 
over the last seven, eight years, which has provided myself as well as other businesses success. And I'm definitely applying it here because I know many of those same principles work on YouTube. I've seen it for clients. I've seen other YouTubers do it really well. I've seen it work for many of my videos. So I'll continue to support you with that information. I do hope that you take the time to call into the show so I can hear your questions, your voice added to the show. I hope you find that the few minutes of news of what's going on related to YouTube is helpful to you. But I won't know unless you let me know. And I highly recommend you go to iTunes. You go to wherever you listen to this podcast, thetwoblog.com. You can mention anything you want in the comments, your, your suggestions for the show, maybe suggestions for guests, maybe ways in which I should approach different topics. Maybe you just have a question for the show. All that is wide open and available to you over at thetwoblog.com. But your reviews will definitely help us grow this YouTube community and help each other out because that's really the way it goes. It can be a lonely experience developing a YouTube channel, and it's really nice to have that supportive community. I'll talk to you in the next show. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubeblog.com.